space fans, and welcome to another edition of the Supercluster podcast. I'm your host, Robin C. Mangle, the chief of content of Supercluster. And this episode of the Supercluster podcast is brought to you by Dropbox. At Supercluster, we use Dropbox every day to bring our editorial, our podcast to production. I'm here at Supercluster headquarters in New York City, and I have a really special guest today, CNN space reporter, Jackie Waddles. Hey, Jackie. Hello. Thank you for coming back for another episode. We really enjoyed having you for Falcon Heavy, which was only a few months ago. And we're back for another big Elon Musk show, another presentation from the company, another big step in their long-term plan. Before we get to that, Jackie, last time you were on the show, you were supposed to go down for Falcon Heavy and didn't end up going down. Right. What is your status right now? So we're bo- it's Thursday night, we're recording this. I'm leaving in a few hours to head down to Boca and you're trying to leave <laughs> tomorrow, Friday? Tomorrow at around 5 p.m.-ish, if we can swing it. Okay. That's you know, the plan. The reporter life. You yeah. never know 100% never know. until your foot is on the airplane. And they close the door and they're like, well, I guess we're going. I guess we're doing this. <laughs> so what the plan is for the weekend is for us to fly down. I think SpaceX has invited a couple dozen spaceflight journalists and content creators from around the country to come and finally see this Mark One Starship. It's the next version after, you know, there's little star hopper test water stand thing. Mm-hmm. Flew like R2-D2 <laughs> last month. It was really fun to watch. Jackie, what was your reaction to that? I remember all of us on Twitter, like, what is happening? Right, that was a blast. I mean, that's the kind of stuff that makes covering space so much fun because the craft looks so unassuming. Right. Like Elon tweeted that picture of the new prototype being built and joked that it looked like the junkyard on Tatooine. It is, yes. That's exactly what you felt about Starhopper. It just looked like this isn't going anywhere. It's got one little engine. No one, I mean, I'm, I am i don't want to say no one, but a lot of people I know right. didn't think that was going to fly. Right, right. Or that it could do anything. But if you looked at the video shows it making this extremely precise, like horizontal hop. Yeah. And landing not too far It was very smooth away. and very beautiful. And you could see the engine doing its movements and kimbling right. in, a, in a nerdy term and and it was just so beautiful it was it was really pretty goosebump and, inducing and texas that area just has an otherworldly look to it and That's aesthetic true. you know it does look like another planet it looks like an uninhabited planet right, right? <laughs> i think jackie and i were joking earlier like What's the electricity situation? <laughs> Do we have clean water? You know, it's the Mexican border. Is there going to be cartel activity? Like, what's going on in Boca? You're safe. I know. You're safe. But yeah, we're really excited. The plan is Saturday evening, Elon Musk is going to give another presentation about SpaceX's long-term plan to build a city or, you know, settle Mars eventually. I think we started on this adventure with Elon back in Guadalajara, Mexico. I was there personally. And it was just like this really exciting event. Elon, it was sort of his, I wanted to compare it to like a Steve Jobs iMac moment. Like he got on stage, he has this special thing he wanted to reveal to the world. It didn't go that smoothly. Mm -hmm. Um, But I think he got the idea out there and people were excited. And essentially what he he revealed was a a multi-purpose spaceship. It's evolved a bunch of times since that day is actually exactly three years ago this week so the spaceship has evolved it's changed colors even it's changed right. names a bunch of times do you remember what it was called back then interplanetary transport, transport system. system yep 
And that was the name of it when the we went to Mexico. The boring of the name. I know. Probably. I know. It. It's least exciting. Yeah. Are we, uh, are we can't wait to board the it's to Mars. But it's been uh, fun to ex- watch it grow up. Yeah. You yeah. know? You know, that's the thing about SpaceX. They just do everything on the open. Right. Branding, building, manufacturing. Right. Hey, uh, hey, everybody. Very stream of conscience yeah. approach to development. Yeah. You know, yeah. Elon Musk, 3 a.m. Twitter. Right. Just putting all the ideas out there and letting us see right. what they are and I think see what sticks. I think that's always how you can tell how he's really passionate about something. Yeah. Like if he's up late tweeting about it, yeah. it's you can be pretty sure that the synapses in his brain are just like working on that a little he, bit he, constantly. He, he'll be replying to <laughs> tweets about technical stuff for Starship Lego and it has this many fins or this many engines. And then like five seconds later, he's troubleshooting a Tesla problem for right. a customer. Right. One on one. I don't know how healthy that is for his mental health, right. but you know, go for Elon. <laughs> but what are you expecting this weekend? I have no idea. Same. And I think that's it's kind of fun. Yeah, it's kind of fun. And fun. Yeah. Right. Usually these things. Okay, so the first one was in Mexico. A few of us were there. That was fun. The second version of that talk was in Adelaide, Australia. Right. Which, I'm sorry, nobody's going to Adelaide, Australia. <laughs> uh, we live streamed it. I would have loved it. to. Yeah, I think uh, mm-hmm. I was at Wired that, at the time and I just had to stay up in the middle of the night and watch right. it. That's and, what everyone did. And have copy it ready. Was like, it was like one of those classic you know, 3 a.m. SpaceX launches, right. except there was no fire. So, so yeah. No actual <laughs> launch. Right. It was just a bunch of curmudgeonly space reporters. Yes. Six <laughs> glasses of coffee. <laughs> Let's do this, Elon. Let's do this. So going back to Mexico, yeah, the talk was like 90 minutes long. And there were some awkward parts. Questions from the audience did not go over well. There was stuff about like Burning Man, but there were some <laughs> cool takeaways from that talk. For me, the big takeaway was how they're going to handle fuel costs because the technology to get to Mars is starting to evolve. It's, it kind of exists already. Right. Well, not And not just for SpaceX, a lot of different companies do have this capability. What the problem is, is money and the programs and getting these right. programs funded. So I think the big takeaway from Elon Musk's Mexico talk was refueling in orbit, mm-hmm. right? Right. Topping off that fuel tank before this, well, ITS or what it's called now, Starship, starts its flight to Mars and just making sure there's enough fuel to get back and right. things like that. Fueling and fuel production is such an important component when talking about this multi-purpose vehicle SpaceX is building. And I think that one of the more interesting components is they launch Starship to orbit. The booster comes back. They put the fuel tanker on the booster, the same booster, like minutes later, and launch the fuel tank to orbit. The fuel tank docks with the spaceship and refuels it. And I think they need to do this multiple times from that first plan. And obviously that's gonna evolve. Now, by the time we get to Australia, which I think is a year later. It's called Big Fal- Falcon or you know, whatever. Fa- Big Fal- <laughs> Gwen Shotwell says Big Falcon rocket. Elon says the other thing. So let's go with that. I think the official SpaceX term is still Big Falcon rocket. Oh. But internally, we know it is very much so called the Big Bleeping Rocket, okay. which is a lot more fun in my opinion. I know. Big Falcon Rocket. Oh, you know, come it's on. a code name. I know. Just go all in. <laughs> right. We don't need to PG 13 your code name. And now we have Starship, <laughs> and it's just like so confusing to deal with all these star things Starlink, Starliner, oh, Starship. 
I got an email from SpaceX today saying to meet at the Stargate. <laughs> what is this Stargate, SpaceX? Why right. are you stealing the names from my favorite science fiction movies? <laughs> Jeez. This is going to be some Area 51 situation. Oh, man. I was reading on Twitter today that people wanted to come and, you know, if you follow Elon Musk on Twitter, you think he's inviting you personally. Yeah. You know, he replies to tweets. He's like, oh, I'm going to give this big presentation on the 28th. And and the whole world is like, yay. And the 10 of us are like, we're the only ones invited. Why is he tweeting to millions of people? And it just creates so much chaos. Right. Yeah. And that that goes back again to how excited he gets about this kind of thing. You can tell that. SpaceX was founded on this idea. Right. Like SpaceX was never about like, let's make a really cheap rocket that can cut out everyone else in the industry, mm-hmm. you know, mess up the military industrial complex. Those were all just like happy byproducts. After effects, yeah. <laughs> yeah, his mission is to bring down the cost of space flight so we can keep going back to Mars again and again right. and eventually establish a colony. Right. So it, it shouldn't be shocking that he's like, so excited and so overwhelmingly present about this topic and the the thing is they do need public support right and you know a lot of people see elon musk's you know cult of personality as a negative Mm -hmm. i see it the opposite way Uh, when you have someone like him who's so influential across all these different industries talking about space exploration and really driving it and even becoming a leader in it it's helpful for everyone not just spacex right and you have to notice with this fandom, like it definitely dovetails a little bit. Yeah. Like there are the the people who will do and say anything to defend him. But you have to know, like he's done things that are questionable at yeah. best. Yeah, yeah. You know, and he's involved in multiple litigations right now. You There's know, a lot of problems. He's yes. done things I, I hope he regrets and, you know, is working forward from. But yeah, that's kind of, that's the interesting part of who elon musk is Mm -hmm. you get so much of the good the outlandishness someone who's bold enough and daring enough to do this type of thing but then you also get those personality quirks that you do i'm sure give they're all out there and and all of his pr people a headache constantly and you know speaking of gwen shotwell the president of spacex spacex and i can't speak to the other companies but i'll speak for i'll speak to spacex and my experience with them the company is far more than elon musk right you know he's Playing the orchestra, especially with Starship, mm-hmm. while Gwen Shotwell focuses on Starlink, which is a great way to tackle all these things. Hans Konisman, the VP of Rocket Assurance or whatever his title, they change his title here and there. You see uh, him on the NASA cast every you once do. in a while. Um, Hans is a genius and he focuses on reusability and reliability of their Falcon 9 and their Falcon Heavy rockets. And apparently, you know, he does work on Starship, of course, and Elon Musk is sort of like I said, playing the orchestra when it comes to Starship. And you have Gwen Shotwell leading the charge on Starlink, which is SpaceX's proposed broadband constellation, which they've already launched 60 of, right? Mm -hmm. Now, Jackie, tell us what the connection is between Starlink and Starship, because one is supposed to pay for the other. Right, right. right. That's exactly what Starlink is. So, from a business perspective, you are talking about a massive, potentially massive revenue stream. Right. If you can do what people for a long time in the tech community have wanted to do, and that is create a bunch of small satellites lo- orbiting close to the earth, providing really quick internet. 
And the reason why that's so tough to do and why people have failed at it in the past is because it's enormously expensive to get started. It, it requires um, rocket launches. It requires a lot of rocket launches. The most so expensive thing ever. you rockets yeah, for that. Right. Yeah, and you're gonna have to mass produce satellites. You're gonna have to make cheap ground antennas. It's basically re-engineering how the how the internet is delivered to you. And it's done mostly through cell towers and fiber optic cables right now, all ground-based technologies. So yeah, that's that's their big hurdle. I mean, if they can tap into this market, Elon says it can make them $30 billion a year, maybe more. So Morgan mm -hmm. Stanley said in a recent report about Starlink that if SpaceX can pull this off, they guess that they will be going from a $33.3 billion company yep. up to at least $52 billion in in their estimated that's valuation. insane. Yeah, that's an insane. It's a lot of money. Group. Yeah, and they're predicting that SpaceX could initially take 10% of the broadband consumer market, right. the individual market, which yeah. is incredible. And, you know, Starlink, as Elon Musk and, and Gwen Shotwell would say, is how they're going to pay for Mars, because you're talking about the most expensive mission ever attempted, the most scientifically complex. It's a mission that's going to test us financially right. and scientifically. And not to mention all the engineering that's going to go in. And, you know, we're going down to see the Mark One starship. You want to imagine what a Mark One of a thing is. Go back to Iron Man. The right. Mark One is what he built with scraps in a cave. And that's kind of what Starship looks like. Sorry, Elon. <laughs> um, that's where they're at. And yeah. it's a start. Like I said, Starlink has already launched 60 satellites on right. a single mission. Yeah, they're not going to make any money from Starlink. Not for a while. Soon. But that's what they recently asked federal regulators to give them permission to change things up a little so they can start making money faster, mm -hmm. which we can only assume it's because they definitely want to pour that revenue back into development right. of Starship. Like this is their baby. This is what they're after. Of course, it won't hurt to have, you know, a few extra dollars lying around. Never does. Never. But yeah, they've, they've got a while to go. So the first 60 are up, but it'll take a few more launches before they're able to do any type of commercial service and like let subscribers come on. So getting to that $30 billion benchmark, you're yeah. probably, you're not getting there tomorrow. So it's gonna be some years in the making. Right, right now they're doing okay though, screwing by on what revenue they bring in from their Falcon 9, Falcon Heavy launches and you know, they're borrowing more money. Yeah. They took on some debt last year for the first time. So well, they, they're scraping it together. They were able to, because I believe it was 2017, they were the leading launcher in the world. So man, that helped you borrow some money. That doesn't do too bad. Yeah. You get a few bucks every launch I hear. Yeah, a couple of dollars here and there, some taxpayer <laughs> money too. So Gwen Shotwell, I think it was either last week or the week before, was at the World Satellite Business Week in Paris. She gave a couple of updates, sort of loose because it's rocketry. So apparently they're going to attempt to launch 24 Starlink missions next year. Attempt. 24. They always give, yeah, they always give a huge number. That's and so much. That's a lot. That's, uh, you know, 24 times 60, whatever that is. And for comparison, <laughs> for comparison, 18 is still their record. Yeah. Is it not? Yes. So that would be That's... more than the record number of launches they've ever launched. Mm -hmm but 24 specifically dedicated to sending out uh, that means they're aiming, yeah that means they're aiming for like what 40 launches next year right. because you have to starlink is completely separate from their regular right. launch business right. so anyway we'll see what happens they're ambitious let's put it that way and i believe they're going to attempt to launch one next month from cape and one probably in november hmm. so that's just to get more starlink satellites up there 
that's not confirmed, so we're not certain yet. So speaking of you know ways to pay for Mars, like we said, this broadband service could yield billions for SpaceX, which would be great. We picked up on another way last year. This was Elon Musk's third announcement of mm -hmm. this uh, multi-purpose vehicle that we're calling Starship. <laughs> and this time it was with Yusaka Mazawa. Is that how you say it? That's right. Okay. Mazawa. Proud of myself. He's a Japanese billionaire in the fashion. Can, is it? Is he a fashion? He's a magnet? fashion mogul. Okay. Yeah, he's got a website. Very, very popular website. Okay. He does a lot of a lot of clothing sales in Asia, and he's ventured into other areas too. He's a very, very interesting businessman. If you get a chance to go check him out. He's, so he's eccentric. It sounds he's like he's a, eccentric. He's eccentric. And you know, naturally, he collects art. He's very. <laughs> so. You know, Naturally, an eccentric billionaire is going to go to the moon. Right. Right. If and you've that's done the plan. everything else. And you haven't, if you know another billionaire who <laughs> has a, a thing that could go right. to the moon, right. you pick, you go to the moon. <laughs> so anyway, this announcement, do you remember it? I was not there. It was Vividly, in Hawthorne. I wasn't there. Did either. you go to Hawthorne? Okay. You didn't go to Hawthorne for that event, but I didn't, no. I didn't go for this either. Um, I don't remember why, <laughs> but they tried to keep Yusaka secret. Yeah. And we all figured it out <laughs> yeah. like way before it was the on announcement. Twitter a few hours. Yeah, it was yeah. like twi on Twitter the day before. So anyway, uh those this, reporters, man. Yeah, they're we'll pesky. And that's Scooby Doo also. <laughs> and uh, so Yusaka was announced to be flying on Starship on a moon mission. I'm sorry, I'm trying to keep a straight face. A moon mission around the moon, back to Earth safely. Mm-hmm. But also, he wants to take like a handful of artists. He said twelve. Twelve. We're yeah. gonna. I mean, we're gonna lose twelve of our Was best artists. Twelve. Oh Great. no, I don't want to. Okay. Forget. I mean. That, okay. Let's just say several <laughs> select artists from Earth right. are gonna fly with Yusaka on this starship around the moon safely. Right. And I, yes, I am doing the. Mm -hmm. Air quotes. You guys can't see it, but I'm doing it. All am I excited so about the prospect of a mission like this? Yeah, it's amazing. <laughs> Let's pick Justin Bieber and Kanye. And all we all there? we know so far is that it's not Ryan Gosling. <laughs> yeah, he's already. He, you were the one who. And I think I yelled at you because I was like, Jack, you buried this lead. I was like, the lead should have <laughs> no. been Ryan Gosling refuses to go to space. <laughs> I wonder if he was mad because the movie didn't make any money. But anyway, I liked First Man. Let me shout that out. It was okay. I, you know, I don't, I don't love it. Like I love Interstellar or Contact or The Martian, but I thought it was an interesting way to depict this individual's life. I did not think of it as a space movie. It was mm -hmm. very much an individual's life story. Right. He just happens to be this person. Right. So anyway, got that out of my system. <laughs> you, movie review hours. Yeah. Over. Um, but yeah, Ryan Gosling did state, <laughs> no, I'm not flying on Starship with Yusaka or anybody, right. right? Okay. Yeah, he said he said he turned him down because he was too scared. He's too scared. Which okay. fair. Fair, Ryan yeah. I mean look fair. It's no secret that I want to fly on Starship. Right. But Moon, billionaire, eccentric, Justin Bieber, Kanye, I don't know. Right. I don't know. You know, I'm not <laughs> Grimes. I don't <laughs> that might not be the people I wanna Jackie, you and me going to Mars, like Dan, Mike, Lauren, all our friends. Yeah. Right, right. I know it's, it's something reporters have been dreaming out for yeah. so long. We're all gonna start fighting about it soon. Like I want to go. Everybody wants to go. You know, there's 
there's no guarantees that Dear Moon will ever happen. No. And that's why we're and that's why we're being that's why we're having fun with it. Right. But also don't write off Elon. Let me put that caveat there. Because he has been written off about everything and and then he does say that about Starlink too. You know, there's a lot of naysayers because that kind of thing has been tried and failed before. Right. But what I will say about Yusaku, like there's a lot of jaded reporters out there who Mm -hmm. tend to be pessimistic, aka me. Sometimes we have to be. Yeah. And like a part of you, whenever you hear stuff so romantic, like I want to take artists with me to like see the moon up close and create their own, you know, imagery. And, oh, is that the, and, that's and the point of it. The so point they can of it is go to there. communicate the beauty of it. Right. And to give people that overview effect, as they call it, yeah. of our of our place in the yeah. in the universe. Which is very poetic and beautiful. So it can yeah. melt your heart a little bit. Okay, let's go over the technical specs of Elon's Starship, even though they're gonna change. From what we understand, the Mark One that Jackie and I will be visiting is 50 meters in height, 164 feet. That's pretty tall. That's a humans for scale epic photo coming there. <laughs> the fuselage, which is basically the majority of what we're seeing, that's really all that's built right now, is stainless steel. I can imagine that is heavy. Right. but I'm not a scientist. And there is a really good reason for that. And I think Elon explained it. Uh, it it's a protective material and it's right. good for Very durable. re-entry. And, and cheaper than carbon and cheaper. fiber. Exactly. And you're it's, building massive spaceships. And remember, Starship has to re-enter the atmosphere by itself and land by itself mm-hmm. and launch again. So yes, you want stainless steel for right. that. But you can understand the collective gasp from the <laughs> yeah. engineering community when Elon was like, you know, mm-hmm. we're gonna do steel instead of yeah. carbon fiber. Yeah. I think it it was a little bit of a shock blew yeah. a lot of people's minds yeah definitely because spaceships are not built with stainless steel no. these days um it has a very tin tin 1950s right like where you know you launch to the moon you bring your dog with you right. that's like the kind of space star, spaceship starship right. it is whereas composite materials are like, <laughs> yeah. like some of the most shuttle. material yeah. science is one of the most developed yeah. intense scientific disciplines it's only 50 years of nasa research and <laughs> you know and elon yeah. watches tintin he's like we're that's rolling. the one we're doing <laughs> we're rolling with the punches here <laughs> but you know when spacex goes this far in development you know we we can see both there's a starship in Boca Chica, which we're heading to. There's one in Cocoa Beach. Mm-hmm. They're both kind of equally in development. They're sizing up the same way. And for them to get this far, that means they they know what they're doing in terms of the material. Right. You know, they're not gonna build a, a 50 meter high thing with all stainless steel twice, right. not thinking it will work. You know what I mean? So I think they might know what they're doing with that. And uh, let's just talk about SpaceX culture for a minute because we only have a few minutes left. I've worked at Cape, you know, Cape Canaveral is Cape Canaveral. Mosquitoes, pad visit, setting up your camera, Elon Musk showing up maybe for a press a press conference, which are fun sometimes and, mm-hmm. and seeing the rocket out there. That's my SpaceX experience, you know, minus Guadalajara. Jackie, what has been your experience covering SpaceX and all the stuff that they do? So I, I know specifically about Hawthorne, mm-hmm. that it's... I mean, that's kind of the nexus of who they are. That's, that's mission control. Right. Yeah. And they've got their hands in everything there. You know, they're working right. on Dragon. They're, you know, it's where a lot of their development yeah. takes place. And that's a, that's probably one of the most, the most development. I mean, we I haven't been to all of them, but, but it's definitely where 
you know, that their top brass shows up to work a lot. Right, yeah. That's where the majority of their teams are. Your and important I, meetings are going to be there. I believe Starlink is in Seattle, though, right? Right. They mm. have a factory in Redmond. Okay, yeah, that is true. Redmonton? Right. Yep. I hope I'm saying that right. And I went down to McGregor, Texas. It's very interesting down there. I, I remember at night, I uh, met with the mayor of the town, and we went out for a beer. And to the restaurant we were at, it was all SpaceX employees showing up, you know, wearing their SpaceX yeah. t-shirts and everything. It's very much a, a SpaceX town. It's it's really fun. A lot of people have stories about firing their, you know, hearing them firing their rockets and whatnot. And Do speaking they advertise of that, that, I mean, in McGregor, no, it's such a small town, but no, they try to keep a low profile. It's very low profile. There's yeah. no indication that SpaceX is there unless you're driving to the facility right. and get there. There's, yeah. And uh, just a fun story the mayor told me. He met when Elon wanted to buy that rocket testing facility. It was owned by a previous billionaire. Beal. Yeah. Andrew Beal. Right. That's some nice. Texas I didn't aerospace know the name. Yeah. throwback. I didn't know the name. Thank you, Jack. Jackie's from, from Texas. Yes. Yeah. So they own that testing stand. Mm -hmm. It started getting covered in bird poop and all that. That's <laughs> what the mayor told me. He said that the strange startup person from California <laughs> called it guy with kooky, a billion dollars. <laughs> yeah, had money and asked if he could meet with the mayor. And the mayor said they, they met at a gas station a few, like probably a mile down the road from McGregor. And he said when he saw Elon, he was like, oh, this guy's European or something. You know, Elon had that aesthetic to him, I guess. You know, they started talking immediately and, you know. <laughs> to be fair though, the aesthetic. Yeah, the aesthetic Texas, of being. Yeah. Anyone can be European. Anybody. When I'm I, European. I'm from, rural yeah, Texas. when they look at me down there, they're like, wow, foreigner. When I, I was can down joke there. about it because <laughs> yeah. I'm from Liberty Hill. Yes. Shout out. <laughs> Shout out. Shout out to rural <laughs> Texas. Yeah, Texas has become a home to SpaceX. They're obviously expanding. And let's go back to Boca Chica real quick. They're buying, trying to buy up the property right. around Boca Chica Village, right. where a lot of seniors live, a lot of retirees. Apparently, they offer three times their, I don't know who the appraiser was, so I don't, I can't tell if it's a public appraiser or a privately hired appraiser for three times that price or whatever. There's been, there's been some pushback. <laughs> I think there's going to be some kind of big sell this weekend because I know that Elon is having some of those individuals come by for a special event, hmm. which sounds like timeshare, like a timeshare thing. Like, come through. We're going to give you guys coffee and food. <laughs> An event. And then they're like, quotes. you have to sell us your home now. Mm -hmm. Here's the thing. Uh, even the testing facility around McGregor, people, I met a lot of people when I were down there. And even though you know, whatever you hear things about Texas, the people there were so amazingly nice and helpful. And they texted me and called me after I left and they would call me and be like, Rob, they're testing this engine and things fell off my uh, shelf. And I'm like, that's awful. <laughs> I'm sorry. I don't know what right. to do about that. But yeah, they're, you know, don't live next to Starship testing places. I feel bad for these Book of Chica Village people because I think that I don't know how eminent domain works, but I feel like there might be a situation down the road where even for safety reasons, they might be forced to move. Not to end this on a negative note, but there's lots of controversy around the world right now with displacing people for space projects. Right. You have the situation in Hawaii with the telescope. The Chinese just built the largest alien hunting telescope ever. They displaced an entire village. Right. So, you know, it, these enormous space projects require land resources and there's not much of that to go around apparently right, right. So. and the diehard fans will put it this way too like it's what 30 homes Boca Chica Village was built up 
you know, probably mid-century last year, mm -hmm. a lot of it is still dilapidated from yeah, a hurricane that hit in the 80s. Yes. Like, if you have a home there, mm -hmm. you probably really love the area. Yeah. And you you might live in the Midwest and go on vacation there, like one of the guys I talked to. Or, or you might have had a family home there that you've gone back to visit, and it's very much a part of who you are. So then it comes to that point where, you know, you've got those not in my backyard, yeah. those NIMBY issues. You know, it's and because we have seen some people in Boca Chica are really excited. They're out taking photos. They're talking about it on Twitter. That's um, how we know know about Starship. Right. There's because some the locals are fans yeah. in Boca Chica, but then others are understandably, you know, I I came out here yeah. for a quiet, peaceful, chill life. There's a beautiful story that was in Texas Monthly not long after SpaceX moved in that everyone should go read if they have a chance. But it's about a guy who grew up in Brownsville, a suburb of Brownsville, and used to go out to the beach there every day. And mm -hmm. he's kind of just asking this question, you know, what do you do when a billionaire shows up in your backyard mm -hmm. and it's exciting and it's eventful, yeah. but you also have to kind of yep. recognize that your life is changing. Yeah, it's a two-way street. When you see a company like that come to your town, it means money. And mm -hmm. uh, I That's can speak for true. McGregor, and I know how much SpaceX did for that town. Mm -hmm. Millions of dollars in development money. And Do tourists go to McGregor? Too? No, it's Most not that kind of... Yeah. That, I was wondering how... Yeah. Like, does SpaceX drill tourists to engine yeah, tests? Yeah, I, I don't think it's... You know, the development, I feel like a lot of that money went to school kids and programs and just things to rebuild the area and build it up. Uh, I know, right. and from what the mayor told me, SpaceX came to that town right. with money just for the town, just to help the town get built up. And even for the project I was down there for, we were working with school children and I we went from school to school showing the kids photos and videos, rocket launches mm -hmm. to connect what's going on in their backyard to, you know, what they're doing in school and things That's like awesome. that. So we I packed killed for that kind of Yeah, thing it was kid. amazing. We packed kids in all these auditoriums. We went to like four different towns that surround McGregor right. and we just showed them rocket landings. They've never seen it before. A lot of them right. don't. I mean, you know, people have internet access, some people don't. A lot of these kids have never seen a rocket launch, especially ones that are testing in their backyard. And SpaceX, even with that effort, mm -hmm. helped with right. resources and things like that. So I know the I can say- The side of that. Yeah. So Rocket I know people, engine tests are incredibly yeah, loud. They are. Incredibly. They're scary. Um, it is, it's not something that you would expect or want to be going on in your backyard. <laughs> right. So. And things do fall off your shelf and your windows do break sometimes. It yeah. happens. But, you know, I know, I know a lot of people are going to go. SpaceX has been in Boca Chica five years now. And, you know, recently the building has started to show itself in the development. Don't make any assumptions about what SpaceX is is going to do to the area but start looking at what to, they're going to do for the area i you know one of the few reporters who can speak to this um spending the time in mcgregor that i did i just know that spacex's impact on the area was a positive one and i think it might be that for boca down the line i know there is going to be some controversy and some ugliness with the landowners and homeowners but i think once things are settled i hope yeah. everyone gets what they need right you know? right yeah, it'll be a big question what happens at Boca Chica Village too, because right. it's, you know, it's is only really one small but tight knit, yeah. you know, it's a very close community. Community, yeah. But yeah, I mean, I talked to the sheriff down there, and he's the one that sent out the warning. The warning notice. during the Starhopper yeah. test, saying, mm -hmm. you know what, <laughs> you might want to, yeah. you might want to get out of your house at this point in time. And he said the same thing. You know, we've got our folks that are concerned, but 
all in all, it's a lot of excitement. It is. You know? And you remember, this is, I know it's early days and we're in astronaut farmer mode, but <laughs> this is a spaceship that, it's a prototype now, it exists, and SpaceX is hell-bent on getting humans to Mars. And it's been the case, it's never let up. Yeah. They've never s skewed off their vision. It's just like dead straight ahead, and it's been that way for four years. Right. So I'm excited for this weekend. I think, Jackie, let's uh, try to get together this weekend and maybe uh, give the listeners a follow-up after Elon gives his talk Saturday night. Maybe we can, we can do that. Maybe we can get some Texas food and, and alcohol. Oh, and, and... Tex-Mex is... Yeah. Yep. Okay, we're doing Tex-Mex and we're recording my... follow-up podcast to this one. Tex-Mex is my heart and soul. <laughs> so I'll find us something. <laughs> Great. So we're, if you're listening to this, it is Friday afternoon. Stay tuned on supercluster.com. And follow us on Twitter, Instagram. Jackie, can you throw your handles out there so they can follow you too? Yeah, it's at Jackie Waddles, J-A-C-K-I-E. And that's on Twitter. <laughs> that's and on Twitter. Uh, <laughs> check out this company called CNN. I hear they do news and they've been around a while. Since in a while. They do space coverage apparently, which is awesome. So tune in there. Lots of it these <laughs> and, days. Um, yeah, follow myself on Instagram and Twitter, but I'll mostly be posting on the super cluster accounts. So follow those and we'll have an update for you after we hang out with Elon on Saturday night. Thanks again for listening.